Dear God, I thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you so much that uh, we get to join together and worship and praise you, God. Father, it's sometimes hard to follow up a praise like that, God, to you. Father, just uh, the great I am, Lord, uh, just thank you so much for allowing us to, uh, to just empty ourselves to you. God, just to give it to you and say thank you for blessing us. Thank you so much for getting us through the storms and being with us through the storms. God, just thank you so much, Lord, that you've already defeated it all. God, because you are the great I am. Lord God, I thank you so much for this body. God, just uh, being able to be here today and uh, just worship with you and fellowship with you, Lord. I just pray for this time as we uh, dig into your word. Lord, I just pray that uh, you, just, you just, just focus our hearts. Lord, let us uh, see what we need to do to, to be in a better relationship with you. Father, see what we need to do to serve our, our, our fellow brother and sisters in Christ. Lord, just uh, let us just self-seek today. Lord, um, we're going to read in a letter of, of Peter. God, and we, we know who Peter is. Father, the same guy that you built your, uh, your church on, Lord, that, Father, he denied you three times. He, he, he did all these things. He, he kept questioning, and, but, God, those questions turned into just a guy that was just after your heart. Father, the servant, servant heart. God, and one that wanted to bring your message to all those that he came in contact with, Lord. And we have the same, same drive today, Lord, as Christians. Lord, you want us to take them, take your word to those around us, no matter where we're at. God, I just pray for that today, Lord, that we, we just focus on you. Lord, you just be with us and let us just hear from your mouth. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. We are going to be in Peter. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> not sure if y'all know who Peter is. Peter is uh, one of the 12 disciples. He was one of those guys that Jesus was walking, and he's like, you, 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 come with me. Uh, drop your net, come with me. You, son of you know, Jonah, come with me. And these guys were ready and willing, right? These guys were like, uh, I need to bury my dad. Well, you can either do that or you can follow me, because you know, it's not going to be an easy road, and Jesus didn't want somebody that wasn't willing to, to go all in. To, to, yeah, because that's what it takes, right? Because it takes all of us. We've got to die to our old selves. We've got to die to our old way of life and in order to follow him fully. So we're going to go back to, uh, we're going to start in Matthew 16, 18. Um, we're just going to read about how uh, Peter was called to uh, follow Jesus. And that is uh, Matthew sixteen, eighteen. And it says, we'll start a little bit higher. We'll start in 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? Say that I, the Son of Man, am. So they said, I'm in the wrong verse, I think. I am in the wrong. I'm reading in the wrong verse. I am sorry about that. That's where it said it was. Excuse me, just a moment. Maybe it's 618.
Yeah. Started out right, right? Okay. So I'm not sure where my reference went, but Jesus is walking along the shore and uh, he sees Peter's brother and he says, hey, brother, please follow, follow me, follow after me. And um, Simon Peter sees that example and uh, he looks and Jesus has said, hey, this, or Peter's brother says, this is my brother, Peter. And um, he says, yeah, come follow me. And at that time, the Lord says, I want to change your name. Uh, and he changes it to Cephas or, or Peter. In Aramaic, it means a stone. So, so he knows that Peter at that point is going to be a, a crucial foundation for the church moving forward after Jesus is no longer here. So he, he knows that he no longer needs that old name, that he's going to step into a new name, into a new light, into a new you know, journey with Christ at that point. I will find that if anybody needs that reference. I'll find it and let you know later. <laughs> it's in John one thirty-five. So, yes. Found it. <laughs> All right. But he changed his name because Peter, um, you know, he's going to follow Jesus. And we, throughout Matthew, throughout Luke and John, you see how close Peter follows in the ministry with Jesus. That, you know, he, he's his right-hand man. He's a guy that's going to, you know, be that stone for the future church. So, um, and it even says later on in Galatians that um, Peter gets kind of, he gets charged to take on, you know, spreading the word to a certain area. Over in um, Galatians 2, this one's correct, <laughs> Two one. It says, then after 14 years, I went up against to again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run in vain. It says, Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because if of false brethren secretly bought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which was have, which we have in Christ, Jesus, that they might bride us, ah, liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, whom they saw that the gospel that the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel to the circumcised was to Peter. So Paul in Galatian, he's the one who was writing the letter in Galatia. So he's saying that, the uncircumcised had been committed to him. So the uncircumcised at the time was non-Jewish people. I'm not sure if y'all knew that. Circumcised at that time meant that they were following God into that, uh, that you know, circumcision. That they wanted to be, you know, cut and shown that they were followers of God. Uncircumcised were Gentiles at that time, and they, they kind of went their, their own way. They, Christ talked to both of them, but he felt like moving forward after his death that there were so many 
that one disciple, one apostle wasn't going to be able to do it alone. So he split it up, he, and he, he gave Paul the focus to those who were uncircumcised, and he gave the circumcised, the Jews, um, to Peter to minister to. So at this time, um, the, the letter that we're about to read in Peter was a letter to the circumcised and uncircumcised alike, because at that point in the church, um, they were kind of blended. The Gentiles started to, you know, to learn with the Jews, that it was, hey, let's, it's time to unify. It's time to, to get together and, you know, worship Christ together. Um, and also at this time of the letter, they, they started to divide a little bit as well. Uh, so some Gentiles wanted to believe different things and Jews wanted to, to kind of go back to their own traditions. Um, so it kind of left a little bit of dissension in the church. Um, so in uh, Peter... In First Peter, um, just at the the beginning, it's it says who he's talking to. First um, Peter one, it says Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the desperation of the desperation in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace be multiplied. So he's talking to the pilgrims, right? So the pilgrims, you know, another, ver- another description as a, a believer. A pilgrim is, uh, you know, like the pilgrims, what we just celebrated, uh, they came from over there to seek religious freedom. Uh, so they were believers in Christ, and you know that's who this letter's for. That he it is to the believers um, at that time in the church. So he, he's he's talking directly to them. He's saying desperation in Pontus. So that desperation there, there's dissension. There's that stuff's not flowing well. That, that there's going to be there's kind of shifts and separations, and people are fighting and battling, and uh, you know. Peter's like, all right, I want to write this letter to you to say, hey, I want to encourage you. I, I want to, to say, hey, there is a reason and a foundation that we are all built upon. And, you know, if we're not meshing together, then we're not going to be able to grow as a church. So just kind of sets it up a little bit for uh, where we're going to be at today. Uh, we're going to be in First Peter 2. So it says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, that you may know, grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted the Lord is gracious. Um, but as it starts there, we say therefore. So uh, just as I always like to say, what's the therefore, therefore. So you kind of have to go back um, into to verse 1 or chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to start us in 22 just to kind of get a little bit of context of what that therefore is for. So it says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the glory as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. 
Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. So he, he's saying that since, you know, we're right here in, uh, in 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Since you've made that decision to love one another and that love for your brethren comes from Christ. So since, you know, they became Christians, it's like now we, we need to, to, to stand on that love. We need to stand on Christ, which is love. And, um, you know, as, as we read on, it says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So being that they've made the decision to follow Christ, it's now in their hearts forever to follow Christ, to love, you know, their brother, to love Christ, you know, because this is a journey that, you know, it, you hit, you know, stumbling blocks and, you know, things along the way. I saw a, a meme this week and uh, it was really cool because uh, there's three guys on a stick or a l- big piece of lumber and there's three guys carrying it. And it's like, do we know why we pray for each other? And there's a big crevice in the middle of it. And like one guy comes up to it and the other two are on the pole holding him up above it. And then he walks and then that person stands on the other side and holds the middle guy over the crevice. And the guy in the back, you know, those two guys help him over the crevice. That we're all one body, that we're all one team, that no matter what we're going through, you know, if we're praying for one another and we're sharing love with one another, then we're going to be able to get over those obstacles. We're going to get past those obstacles. And, and Peter's just trying to tell these guys that, that, hey, these obstacles are temporary. If we, you know, unite, then we can get over these things. We can get to back to where Christ wants us, right? So in um, 24, it says, uh, Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So if we stay rooted in the, the word instead of our own desires, our own you know, actions, then that word is going to be our foundation. It's going to, to keep us unified. Because, yeah, like this flower may come up. Oh, let's follow this flower. But that flower falls away. Then you have nothing you're seeking after anymore. So then, you know, you want to go. It's like, where do you turn next? And, you know, it, it kind of has that same example of, you know, the vineyard where, you know, you know, God is the branch, and then we are the branches and the leaves. That guy, it, you know, the, if you follow a leaf, that leaf can fall off. But if we're always connected to the vine, then we have a solid foundation, a great, just solid piece to come back to. And, to, and um, yeah. So, and now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. So, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking... So, so these are, you know, what Peter's hearing is going on in the church right now. He, he's hearing that there's, you know, this deceit, that, that people are deceiving each other. It's like, oh, follow this lie, but I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to lie and lie and lie. And you can't build anything on lies because they'll just crumble at the end. So, so Peter's trying to speak against that first. Like, hey, you can't do what I'm going to tell you next in this letter if you don't lay aside this stuff. Like, this can't be your focus, your foundation, um, you know, if you're going to move forward with what we're about to talk about. It says malice. Yeah, malice is, you know, that, that same just 
battling against. Sorry. So, and then, um, so the, the malice is hatred or just a, kind of our carnal side. Like, like we want our flesh, you know, to, to, to go away, but it always comes back to the forefront, doesn't it? Because the world, you know, is constantly pulling out different temptations at us and different things. And, you know, that, that malice that can, can get in the way, like that, that anger and frustrations towards others. Um, and then it says hypocrisy. So, you know, not sticking by what we're saying. You know, it's like I could say I'm a Christian, but if I don't go out there and I love others, and if I don't go out there and serve others, then, yeah, people aren't going to, to follow what I'm saying. They're going to follow what we're doing, right? So, and then envy, you know, it's like seeing what somebody else has and, you know, oh, I want that, you know, and that'd be their main focus. Um, Christ wants the main focus to be him. So he, he wants that envy Get out of here. And then what I think is the biggest one nowadays with social media and all that is this, the, and all the evil speaking. Uh, because, man, it's, it's out there. Like, just people tearing each other down. It's like, I'm sorry, a political thing. It's like, let people, you know, I, I believe that God's going to lead that. And I don't think that people need to battle, you know, within each other, cutting each other down because they vote one way or another way, or their beliefs are this and that, that, that God wants us to love each other, to serve each other, to, to build up each other. And, and even though we don't agree with one another, it doesn't mean we've got to tear anybody down. So, so that's the biggest thing, especially because, you know, it's like I'm a Christian, but if somebody looks on my Facebook thing and I'm like, oh, your candidate's terrible, why would you do that? How uplifting is that? What do people see in my heart? Because, you know, like I, I taught in this summer about the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And man, n- envy and evil words wasn't part of any of it. It was about love and peace and patience and kindness, self-control. Man, that, that kind of bottles up all that stuff that he just said. If you're laying aside that and you're putting on the characteristics of the Spirit, boom, that stuff's out of the way. Let, let's follow Christ and you know, let those characteristics come out of our lives. That if we're loving somebody else, it's real easy to lead them to Christ, right? If we're serving somebody else, it's real easy to talk to them about who we believe in and who we follow. So, you know, Peter just wants to get that out in the open first. Like, lay that stuff aside. Get it out of your system. And then number two, um, in verse, yeah, chapter two, verse two, it says, as newborn babies... Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So, you know, as newborn babies, as, you know, those who've come, you know, gone away and then come to the Lord. Like, as a youth minister, I see a lot of youth that come in that don't really know who Christ is. Or, you know, they're not sure how to follow. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be a Christian, but I'm not sure how to go. Um, Just awesome. Uh, This year, my daughter accepted Christ. So, uh, and I've really just focused on kind of, you know, Mark, uh, because Mark is a very kind of simpler version of the gospel of Jesus. And, you know, and I try to do John in our our Bible studies when I can, uh, just to 
to give her the milk of the word that this is Jesus. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus did while he was here. Jesus is God. The word is God. And, you know, moving forward that if she just sticks with that daily relationship with Christ, then she's going to be fed. Yeah. And that's what Peter's saying that we, we need as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the pure milk. We need the pure milk of the word. So, we don't need it diluted, is what it's saying. That it needs to be pure. That we need uh, somebody that's going to go. That's one thing I love about Calvary Chapel is that we go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, study through the Word of God because it's not you know topical. It's not kind of watered down. Let's pull some scripture from here and here. That it's let let Peter's letter be read like Peter's letter. That he wants us to first lay aside this stuff. Then he wants us to dig in to the pure Word. You know, just like his newborn milk, or babies want milk. Um, he wants us there. He wants us to, to constantly go back to that. Because even seasoned Christians, you know, if you're not looking at the pure word of God, then you can stumble. You can get away from it. You can, you know, follow false teachers or, you know, the ways of the world can be, you can start being numb to things that the world throws at you. So if you're constantly in the word of Jesus or the word of God, then he, he's going to, to help you along every step of the way. So, and, and Peter's just telling these people that, hey, make sure you're in the word of God. And he's not saying just every once in a while, not Sunday meetings, that it's constant. It is an everyday thing. And yeah, it, it, yeah, it works. <laughs> it works. Um, we were going through the Kingdom Man series this year um, as the, the men's group. And man, it just opened my eyes and revealed so much that, yeah, like it, it focused a lot on being a man, but it also focused a lot on me, you know, as, you know, my relationship with God, that we have to, to stay foundation-wise in Christ in order to, you know, build up your family. You know, it did talk a lot about being a kingdom man to your family, where, yeah, it's like you want to bring Christ to them. You want to bring love to them, uh, a solid foundation. You want, you want to feed your kids. But how can you feed your kids if you're not being fed? So we've got to stay in the true word of God, the pure, pure word of God. So, so keep reading. We're in uh, verse 4. It says, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice, sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So he's saying that coming to him, that, that capital H is saying to Jesus, to God, right? To, to him, come to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men. That's, that's Jesus right there. He's, you know, in Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah. Where'd it go? Um, yes, in Isaiah, um, you know, he, he's talking about, it's right here. Psalms 118. Sorry. I knew I had it marked. So Psalms 118.22. 
It says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So, yeah, and, and that's back in Psalms. You know, David and other writers were talking about this, this chief cornerstone that's going to be rejected. You know, uh, in 22, the stone which the builders rejected. Um, that we need to make sure that we're, you know, know that Christ is that cornerstone, that Christ is that solid stone, that everlasting stone. Um, so it says, you also, uh, in four, coming to him as to the living stone. So he's not dead. We, we serve a living God, right? So uh, he's saying, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. So God chose Jesus to do that stuff. Because as Jesus came to be a man, he was also God. So as God, he technically could have said, angels, save me. But he was willing and ready to be obedient to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? If, it's, if this be your will, then, then I'll do it. Your, your will be done. Um, and he asked uh, in the, the prayer in Gethsemane, Gethsemane? Um, before he was crucified, if it be your will, take this cup from me. You know, because that was the man side saying, hey, it's like, that scares me a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, it just shows that uh, example of how we need to be following God. That, you know, though we're scared, though, you know, we're not sure what that next step's going to be, we put our faith in God. We put our faith in that living, living God. So, sacrifice is acceptable. All right, so five, it says, you also as living stones. So, he's saying that as Christians, we're living stones, right? So, so that's going to keep going as, you know, the example that Peter's saying is that we're, we're ready to build a building. We're ready to build up the kingdom of God. That our chief cornerstone, the uh, cornerstone, if y'all didn't know, it's the, the edge piece, the edge stone that the, the walls are built up off of. So, if you don't have a solid cornerstone which in our spiritual life is Christ, then, you know, this wall is going to come in or this wall is going to cave. That, you know, though our stones are different shapes and sizes, that cornerstone is going to be there to be a foundation to, to build upon. So in 5, he says that you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So through that foundation, through being built up, we're going to be able to make sacrifices to God's kingdom in order to further his kingdom, right? So in six, it says, um, therefore, it is also contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will be no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So he's saying that those who don't believe, that don't believe in that stone, it could be a tripping hazard for the most part, that, that they're going to keep moving on with their life, but it's going to be just a, in their way. It's going to be a stumbling block. Uh, especially to those who, you know, believe and step away. Because we know that Christ, you know, uses, you know, different situations to pull us back to him. So. So in, uh, 
the end of eight, it says, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Sorry, it helps if I read the entire thing. It says, therefore, in seven, it says, therefore to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient. So those who are disobedient know how to be obedient, right? And that's what Peter's trying to tell them. It's like, y'all know where your foundation is. You know who the chief cornerstone is and you still step away. You're being disobedient to God's calling and, you know, trying to descend to separate the, the unity that is the church, the spiritual church right now. So, and then right there at the end, it says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. And nine, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So, so Peter's telling us right here that we are his chosen people. Right? The chosen generation. So that chosen generation to further his kingdom, right? That at this point, if we know who the chief cornerstone is in Christ and in his Holy Spirit, we have the power and the strength to move his church. Like, I always grew up singing that song, um, Be a Generation That Seeks, Seeks Your Face, O God of Jacob. You know, that pops in my head every time I read that because, you know, it's like we need to be a generation that seeks and being that we know who to seek, which is Christ, then if we're seeking after him, we are going to be able to build his church through love, through serving others. Um, and, and, you know, that, that song just, it, it's so awesome because it's, you know, we bow our hearts you know, we, we bend our knees that, that that's how we're going to change those around us. We're not going to change them through beating them over the head with a Bible. We're not going to be able to change the world through, you know, not going, you know, it's like, it's an action. We, we've got to bow our, our knees and we've got to pray. We got to be in prayer and bow our hearts, you know, our hearts, you know, out of our mouth, our, out of our heart, our mouth speaks, right? Out of the, yeah. In the, in the word, it says that. And you know, in order to do that, we got to stay focused. We got to stay back to that original part where, as newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word. So, as we're seeking God through the pure, pure milk of the word, through His word, and then we're praying. You know, you know, here at the end. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So Christ was the priest. You know, it's like as followers of Him we are able to, to step in there. So, and then um, in 10, no, in nine, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, it all comes down to where that darkness is trying to kind of get into our lives, right? That it's even in this time in this spiritual age where Peter's still here and Paul, all these apostles that knew who Christ was, um, they were able to, uh, you know, 
see him and he was able to witness it. So now it's all by faith. It's all by faith, all by prayer, all by the word of God. So in order to, to unify on top of that chief cornerstone to build this building, we have to make sure that our foundation is the word of God. We have to make sure the foundation is there. That's why it was so important to say it first up there in his letter. You know, that his letter started with putting aside all this and, you know, digging into the word. And I think, you know, that if we're a generation that's really the chosen generation, we're chosen to read his word and use his word. Right? So, over this year, I've been able to uh, just kind of get my quiet time on time, on on track. And I've been able to read, um, you know, I'm back in Matthew. And, you know, it, it's not always exactly what I need to hear that day. But maybe, you know, two days prior, I read something that, you know, helped me in a situation. So that that continual, continual just digging into the Word of God just strengthens us. It unifies us. And then through that, that that's why we're here today, right? We're, we're here on a Sunday morning to hear the Word of God um, because it builds us up. It strengthens us. And the, the chosen generation is not just for one individual person. The smotion, the, the, it says it right here, the chosen generation, a holy nation, his own special people. Not person, his own special people. So as Christians, we need to unify underneath the word of God. That we need to, to dig in. We need to, to memorize scripture and keep it hidden in your heart, just as Christ did in the, the wilderness that he was able to battle Satan with the word of God. And through, through that word, we have power. We have strength. We have, you know, examples. You know, Christ over and over and over just shows us how to love others, to, to put our faith in God, even though, you know, like it, whenever he was teaching to the five, 500 and, you know, nobody had any food to feed him except for two fish and you know, a couple of loaves of bread. He, he said, hey, have faith. And, and he fed them all. 5,000, not 500. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so it's one of those that we build our faith by the word of God, by what we read, by the letters of the apostles that he chose, he appointed. Um, and guys, that's, that's my focus today, that, that guys, we need to unify under the word of God. So just like, well, I'm a football guy. So each football team in college, you know, pro, they have a playbook, right? They have a playbook that it unifies the offensive line and it unifies the wide receivers and the, the running back that this is our play. This is what we're going to do. And the same, same thing right here, man. This is our playbook, right? We have our playbook that, mine's a little ratty-tatty, but it, it's our playbook for life, for fellowship with one another, for, for personal relationship. So guys, just as a football team can go to victory through a playbook by executing, being obedient to that playbook, we need to be obedient to our playbook, the pure word of God. And guys, he already has the victory, right? That's what it comes down to. That this is, it's written. We already have the victory. Amen. <laughs> so guys, let's dig into our word. Let's unify under the cornerstone.
the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much for, Father, your disciples, through your apostles, through all those that you've just given them words to write. Father, that is your word. God, I thank you so much for uh, just the love that you share through these pages. God, that we get to, to read and that we get to, to, to just use in our lives, that we get to move forward, God, and just be victorious in our lives. God, I thank you so much for, uh, God, your mercies, Lord, that you can humble us to, uh, to nothing, Lord, just to follow you. God, that you humble us, Father, to follow you just as little babies. God, no matter where we are, age-wise, or no matter how we are career-wise, it doesn't matter, Lord, to you. That it matters how we are spiritual. Father, that, Father, as we're building this building, Lord, that we just stay strong. God, that the, the bond that holds each brick, that, he, that holds each stone, Lord, is your love. God, and that makes it unbreakable. God, just as, you know, those who are married hear it, that it's, it's a, just a stronger cord as we weave with our husband and wife, Lord, that if we weave it with God, God, that marriage is unbreakable. God, and that's how you reflect the church, Lord, that, Father, if we unify in your spirit, in your faith, in your truth, in your word, God, we're, we're unbreakable, God. Thank you so much for this family, Lord. I just pray as, Lord, we leave this place, God, that we continue to grow our building, our spiritual building, Lord. God, in our personal life and also together in fellowship. God, we can move mountains with faith like a mustard seed. I wouldn't know that if I didn't read your word, God. You were so amazing, Lord. God, I just pray for those in this room, Lord, that if they don't know you already, if they don't have that personal relationship, or maybe they're, they're fighting with that personal relationship right now with busyness or just, just feeling ashamed of something, or I don't know where our lives are right now, God. Maybe hurt. But God, if we, we need to just lay that at your feet, God, I just pray that we give this opportunity right now, Lord. We have an open altar. Somebody needs to just pray where they're at, Lord, and just just rekindle that fire in their lives, Lord. God, they need to rekindle that, that day-to-day devotion to you, Lord, that devo time, as a youth like to call it, Lord. It's, we just dig into your word. We, we spend time in prayer to you, Lord. I just pray that we start today, just as Peter started his letter, and we need to lay aside all those things that aren't of you. God, we need to focus on the pure word of your mouth. The worship team leads us in a few more songs. If you feel led to, to pray with somebody, uh, I'll have a John, our elder, come up and pray with him, or there's an open altar here where you can pray in your seat. If you just need to give something up to the Lord to get it out of your way, because we're going to change a nation. We are his generation, his spiritual people. And it starts today. We love you, Father. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name.